our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. The kids and youth are now dismissed. nervous for you guys. I wasn't nervous in the first section, the first service. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, we just praise you, God, and worship you, God. We glorify your holy name, God. Father, that whatever comes out in this service, Lord, that people will get a realignment, a, fo a, fo a sharper focus of who you are. that we will no longer see dimly, but that we will see you clearly as you move in our lives, God. That you would have your way in this service, Father. Open our hearts to you and what you're doing, Father. That we become aware of your presence everywhere we are. I ask you this, God, in Jesus' name. Have your way, Father. Amen. In the first service, I talked about how the worship set um, I wouldn't have asked for a better worship set if I planned the songs myself. Blessed Assurance is one of my favorite. Um, and I didn't know these songs um, previously. Um, Blessed Assurance, I heard it for the first time this morning, how the set was going to flow. And Blessed Assurance is one of my favorite hymns, especially because for me, um, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior. Look at you knowing the words. All right, so that for me is very real in my life. I really want to praise God all the day long, like every minute of the day. That's why I want my, how, my life to reflect. So, ready? Okay, so in planning for this, um, I don't know, Pastor Hank told me, talked to me about a month or maybe a month and a half ago about possibly preaching, and I told him I would say yes prayerfully and consider considerably if I had anything of value to add to the conversations that we are having in our house. And I thought, what am I gonna preach about, speak about, teach about, whatever you wanna call it? What is the message gonna be about? And I thought, why not something comfortable and something that's easy to me, and that's prayer. So he was, he was on board with it, Pastor Hank was like, yeah, that sounds good, let me know. So then after we debriefed for a little bit, a um, couple of weeks later we debriefed and we went through my notes and he was like, you, he said, this is good. And he was like, all you have to do is just land the plane. That was like two pages, that was at like two pages. All I had to do was land the plane. I am now at 10 pages. So, <laughs> I am hoping that you have your crock pots on low and simmer. <laughs> and we are gonna consider a day in the courts of the Lord as a thousand days in real life, okay? All right. <laughs> All right, so I've had lots of different topics and lots of things come to me as I prayed and prayed about what does God want me to say? How does he want me to say it? And what would be most effective in this time right here, right now? I really pray that this will be a timely word. So, here it goes. I believe that my prayers to God are tied directly, so we're talking about prayer. I believe that my prayers to God are tied directly to my faith in Christ, and my faith in Christ is tied to my relationship with Christ, 
my relationship with Christ is tied to my knowledge of him. My goal today is to light your fire, fan your flame, rekindle your passion, stir your faith, just to get you excited about serving God and getting to know him a little bit fuller and deeper. So usually when I pray, I, I imagine us coming in with our bags and they're loaded with our, our cares of the day. So I want you to take that bag and I want you just to go ahead and empty it out, shake it out right in front of you, because I want you today to leave filled with the word of God so you can face your challenges head on as we get through. All right, you ready? So I want you to get your paper and pen ready. It's stated that 90% um, of what we write down we retain, give or take a percentage. And if you don't have paper and pen, feel free to pull out your gadgets and go ahead and write in your notes app or whatever app you have on your tablet, phones, whatever you use your device. All right. So these are reminders, and this is how I come to God at prayer. So my reminders are God hears our prayers. The Bible says, call me and I will answer. Llámame, clámame y te responderé. Call me and I will answer. Call me, I will respond. In Spanish, it's respond. Um, it's not just like a hello. It's like, here I am. I'm coming. Okay, God's timing in his answering is. Now here's where I'm coming from. Are you ready? Okay, who, who God is, which has nothing to do with what he has done for me or otherwise, and has nothing to do with whether I believe it or not. Okay, so God is holy. God is righteous. God is love. God is peace. God is joy. He is faithful. He is true. He is creator and he is perfect in all his ways. I'm sure you have other things that you go and can name God and based on your experiences, who God is to you. What do we know about God? He is the God that parted the Red Sea, the God who created the heavens and the earth. That's a little bit out of order, but this is how I thought about it. The God that called all things into existence, the God who conquered Israel's enemies time and time again, that's just the Old Testament. To sum up the New Testament, the God that became human, died to take our sins on the cross, rose himself from the grave, the God that continues to work in us and through us and move today. Okay. So here's another stop and think for us. Where did we learn this information from? Where did I get that God lives and moves in me today? For me, so my answers may not be correct for you in your life, so you don't have to cheat and use my answers, you can use your own. My children's Bible when I was younger, I learned all the stories of the Bible either in VBS, Sunday school, or youth group. And there's your plug. Now if you didn't have that experience, I want you to get a children's Bible, and this is to build your stamina. I'm coming from a point that you may not know who God is and you're trying to learn who he is. So we're gonna build your stamina. You're gonna get yourself a children's Bible because it's the Cliff Notes edition, it's the shortened stories. And maybe as a devotional, quick five minutes, you go ahead and you read the children's version of the story. Then during your study time or when you have a little bit more time to add, using that same story, so if you're reading Daniel in the Lines then, you're gonna look it up in the adult version, the big fat book version, and you're gonna read through the whole story of Daniel and the lines then. Read the chapter before it, the chapter after it, the chapter it's presented in. And you're gonna read it fully for context. So you wanna, why is this story important? 
Then you're going to highlight or journal things that pop out or dawn to you. Oh, I never knew that. Oh, that's interesting. Or God speaking to you something. The following day, you can do a little investigation in the times of when the story takes place or look up on a historical map and see where it could be today. Right for us, he is a good father and our defender. All right. So this next story that I'm going to share with you, you're not allowed to tell my husband. If I hear from my husband that he heard it from one of you guys, we will have problems. <laughs> yeah, there was a time where I could go tit for tat in any argument. And little by little began to trouble me how quick I am to give a dismissive, rude, curt, or just a point blank answer. During those times, I was also praying about being a peacemaker in my marriage. So it was one of these tension points in my marriage where I was bickering and arguing back and forth, I remember the Holy Spirit telling me to shush it, shut it up. And during my time of prayer that day, because I had to shush it, I began to tell God all about the argument. And I remember God reminding me that he is my defense. I felt the nudge not to counterattack. I had to just wait. So when the discussion happened to be brought up again, and I started, taking it, started noticing that it was taking a turn for the worst, I had to become silent. And believe me, it wasn't a pretty silence. I had a whole lot to say. My husband, God bless him, taking my cue, let the conversation just die. He dropped it. Shortly after, maybe a day or so, the conversation came up again. And instead of us arguing, my husband was seeing my point, and I was better able to understand where he was coming from. But it was in this process that I got to know God as my defender. I didn't have to react or argue or defend myself. I just want to put a little note in here. This will be down at the bottom of your Bible, this little context. I come from Brooklyn, and not everything is about a fight. But when you're in this train station on 45th Street and you're trying to get to another, um, to meet your connection on time, let's say Atlantic Avenue or, or Pacific Street, right? You have to get on that train. So the train is packed, it's eight o'clock in the morning and everybody needs to get on. We're all going in a certain direction. You have to throw your elbows up and you have to bump your way in. You have to get on that train. Not everything's a fight, but I was taught quickly to be aggressive and get my point out there, okay? So learning that, this is where I'm coming from. So God was able to change my heart in a way that allowed me to experience God in a whole totally different level. I didn't have to raise my elbows and fight my way through. I didn't have to push my way to the forefront. I didn't have to be aggressive in my response. I didn't have to make my point. God was there for me. So now here's another stop and think. When was a time you learned about God in a different way? Go ahead, write it down. Maybe you know the date. Maybe you have a particular situation in mind. You can be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Or I used to think about God this way, and now I know him this way. But I like to see, tell him any ideas or ideals I may have. And this is where I would work out all my stuff. But as I'm pouring out to God, sometimes I can't hear what God is saying because of all the emotion that's packed up around here. So since I'm going through all this emotion, I can't hear what God is trying to tell me anyway. My heart may be a little bit hardened towards him. Maybe I'm hesitant or resistant to the prodding of the Holy Spirit. So this is the act of letting it all out, of venting and just letting your hair down and being real with God allows you to decompress and get that And now you're able to sit still and hear. 
how God is wanting to respond, how he wants to move in this situation, how he wants you to react and interact with what's happening in front of you. So I stopped talking after I let it all out and allow the silence to fill the area. And I want you to let you know that this is very hard for me. I, am, I like lots of noise. I can have the TV and the music on. I like when my kids are rowdy. I like the noise and the, I like that busyness. So for me to stop and be silent is very hard work for me. That takes discipline. Now maybe opposite for you, you prefer to be quiet and you prefer the silence and you can hear God that way. So maybe you have to come out that comfort zone and speak it out loud, what you're going through, so that way you can have God move in a different and see him in a different light. See what I'm saying? All right. Okay, and this is the point where I learned that prayer was a conversation. I had to stop talking so that I can allow God to speak in me and move in me, and I can hear, sense, feel, these are all kind of abstract words, how God is to respond. Listen, I didn't say this in the first service. I'm going to say it now. Sometimes God answers you in creativity, in remembering a connection, in opening a door. Sometimes God speaks in ways of that you're just, you weren't thinking that was the answer. So I want you to know that it's not always going to come. 80% of my life is saying, yes, God, your will, and then I have to be like, okay, in your way too. You understand? It's got to be, if we're saying yes to his will, we have to say yes to his process, yes to his way. So it may not come out how we want it. It might not flesh out the way we want. Okay? Be open to that. All right. So at this point, I'm listening to see how God is going to respond. And then there's times where I have to get myself stirred up, where I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to stay in my comfort zone. I'm okay with not doing much today kind of day, right? And I'm like, my prayer life is a little wah-wah, right? So these are the scriptures that are going to stir me up and get me back on fire, get me back to like, yes, this is where I need to be. These are also the scriptures that steal my resolve and strengthen me in those times. Now I'm going to wait, and I want you to think about scriptures or verses that excite you about God, Christ, the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about these scriptures. And then this is the time where it's going to get a little interactive. I want you to go ahead and say them out loud so we can hear them. God can do exceedingly abundantly all we can ever ask or think. And I want to say that I'm living that today. I never thought to ask God, I want to preach from the pulpit. You are living, you are seeing a scripture being answered now. This is more than what I've asked or think. So if you can dare it, you can dream it, I dare you to ask it. You never know what God has in store for you. Okay? All right, so we did excites. Oh, here's mine. Colossians 2, 13 and 15. When you were dead in your sins and in your uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken, away, taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. I'm going to have to tell it to you because I don't know. But when I think of spectacle, I could think of, all right, so this may not really have happened, but, you know, I'm adding my own author's stuff here. But imagine Christ on the cross and the devil's like, yeah, I got him now. And when Christ rose up the dead and he's like, ha, 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 I know you didn't, right? When you think of a spectacle, he made him a clown. Anyway, just some things. That's the way I think of. All right, so several things are happening for me in this particular scripture. I wasn't alive until I met Christ. 
So all those memories before I met Christ were an imitation of the fullness I now have. So anytime I think about the past and how I used to hang out and who I used to be with and oh, this and that and the third, I know that that was an imitation of what God has for me now here. He forgave me before I even asked for it. While we were still sinners, Christ yet died for us. It didn't have anything to do with us. Not for us working for it. Everything to do with that he created us and he loved us, but nothing about us doing anything to earn it. So that means you can't disearn it. Do you get that? Sorry, Hannah. You can't disearn it. Everything that can be held against me, Christ took that and nailed it to the cross. So when condemnation comes across my mind, when my emotions start playing games, I can imagine a stamp coming down swiftly on my thoughts and say, access denied. Right? Now this one here, this is a good one, and it's one that I hold on to. He triumphed over every demonic entity, every principality, every power. Every principality, every power. So every time you have a force of darkness coming against you, remember it is the blood of Jesus Christ that is fighting for you. It is the blood of Christ that is giving you the victory. It is the blood of Christ. You're standing behind the blood of Christ. You are not doing it alone. All right, so that's why that scripture excites me. So then I think, because this verse excites me so much, how can I not go to God in prayer? 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Joyce? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Anybody on this side, did you need to move over? Yes. 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 No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It won't hurt. <laughs> you got to know it. <laughs> Go ahead, Kurt. Second Corinthians 9, 8. Make grace all abound. That's the gist of it. Yes, complete me, Lord. Perfect me, right? It's not about me. It's all about him doing the work in us. He transforms us. And the way that you get changed and renewed is by reading the word. You have to read the word to renew your mind, to get it changed, to get it fixed, to get it and aligned with his. So now you're thinking like he thinks. Okay? All right. We did that one. I got good news. We're up to page six. Here's mine. Here are my scriptures that I hold on to when I'm at the point of giving up. Uh, Second Chronicles 2015, the battle is not mine, it's the Lord's. And then this one really helps me, supports me when I'm like, I'm going to say this, late in the midnight hour. No, I'm playing. It's just another song you guys probably don't know. Hey, you guys need to get the Fred Hammond CD. Um, <laughs> 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5, and it talks about the pulling down of the strongholds and these thoughts that play in our mind. And this usually happens to me late at night. When everything is settled down and things are done and you're laying down and you're trying to fall asleep and then it's just like an onslaught of all these thoughts, all these things, you know, all the worries of what's happening. Um, 
All right, so there's several different ways I handle this. Um, usually it starts with prayer. Most of the times it starts with prayer. And as things bounce around in my head, I pray for the situation, my attitude, interactions. I surrender all these things to God. And then I think I'm going to doze off. But then they come up again. Then I write it down and I ask God to handle them for me because this is, this is the second time now. Then if that doesn't work, I'll come up with a plan to handle it. I like to, I am action-oriented. I like to get things done. So making a plan makes me feel I'm ready to face the day. Now, if that doesn't work, it feels much. Like, the, we get things done when we pray. God gets things done when we pray. And it was so much so in Acts 16, I'm going back, even so that others will be blessed even in the times of our midnight hour. Our midnight hour. How we react and how we respond affects those who are around us. So other people will be freed by how we are responding to what's happening to us. All right. So I've been praying about how to end this, and I keep sensing to create us excitement about the God we serve. He is not an ordinary God. He is not an ordinary God. And I would hate to say it like this, but let me brag on my God. <laughs> Each situation we find ourselves is really to learn who God is in a different way. Um, so these are the things that I've learned. He is an eternal God. He was and is and is to come. He is the God who began time. How big is that God? He began time. He is our healer from the Old Testament, from Abraham and Sarah, to using the widow's son to stop plagues, withered hands in the New Testament, blind eyes, and it doesn't stop there. It wasn't like Revelation, miracles are done. There are people right in this congregation that have experienced God's healing. People who have been healed from cancer and other sicknesses. There's someone who I know who was, his parents were told from very young that he would never play sports because of the asthma and his, his lungs and his breathing. And to think that he is now considering going to college and playing ball for college. Like, I don't know how to explain that to you. But I wanna say there's other ways of God intervening. If your healing does not come instantaneous, if your healing doesn't come like this, there's healing in the process. It can be something as simple as God connecting you to the right doctors, God making sure that the team who's working on your, your prescriptions or whatever, make sure your prescriptions are aligned correctly, knowing your dosages and the timings. It can be God um, opening doors and in insurance to make you have accessibility to things that maybe you weren't before accessible to. Um, these are different ways that you can see God working in the healing. It's the actual process of it all. And sometimes we miss those God, Pastor Patty calls them God sightings. We miss those God sightings because we're looking for the big picture. If we just widen our perspective a little bit and see how God is moving in the little, everyday, small, mundane things, we can see that God is moving and working and weaving, creating times and events to create to this big spot that you can be like, oh, wow, that really was God. God is provider. From creating food that has seeds to reproduce themselves to the oil in the widow's jar. Now remember, if you don't know these stories, you're going to get that children's Bible, and you're going to go in there and you're going to look up the widow's jar. Okay? The lamb for Abraham's... There was times that I opened up old Bibles that I haven't looked at, and I open up and there's a 20. 
Like, God, there's had been times when God has just cleaning out pants pockets and I find a bunch of change. Like, these to me are little ways that God is providing for the next. Okay? So for that crowd who's into hashtags, we're almost done, guys. I don't want to lose your... All right. Some hashtags. You ready? All right. Hashtag, God's got it, 1 Peter 5, 7. Hashtag, God hears me, 1 Peter 3, 12. Hashtag, follow him, John 8, 12. Hashtag, motivation, Romans 8, 35 and through 39. Hashtag, mood, Psalms 126 and 2. Hashtag, selfie. Selfie. Ephesians 4, 24. Oh, I found my spot where we talk about the community of the body believers. I'm down to my last two pages. Oh, I thought I lost the page. All right. So here's the importance of the community of the body, of the believers, you know, of all of us being together. All right? All right. Where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. If one can put 1,000 to fight, two to flight, two can chase 10,000. There's a synergy. There's something happening. If we're thinking about weightlifting and the guy's pumping weights and he has a spotter, let me help you with that. If you're thinking about, oh, Lucas is, that's what I forgot. Lucas is devotional. He has his devotional. And these kids were going to go all camping, whatever. And they told the biggest, toughest guy, here, hold all our bags. And then everybody went up freely. And then they kept looking for the, they were looking for their bags. But where's the guy at? Where's the guy at? So they went back down. And he was struggling with the, on the weight of all the bags because he was carrying it alone. In my mind, to make the story better, everybody would have had their own bag. But this story, everybody pushed him up the mountain. Okay? There's something about us being able to carry each other's burdens. There's something about you pray for me, I pray for you, iron sharpens iron. I sharpen you, you sharpen me. We got to work this out together, okay? Okay. Oh, yeah. Moses and Aaron. When you think about Moses and Aaron, the only way they, the Israelites were going to win this battle is if Moses' arms stood up. Anytime he got tired, the Israelites were losing. So Aaron put his arms under him and lifted him up and kept it going. This is what we are to each other. We are that you're giving up, I'm holding you up. Come on, we got this, we can get there. We're almost there, we're at the finish, we can do this. This is what we are to each other. Edifying word, encouraging, building up one another, feeding on each other's passions. This is what community is. There's something about us worshiping together. All right, I think I read all that. All right, let's just go down. Oh no, this is important. But the thing about prayer is that it practice makes normal, not perfect. Genie in a bottle. We were talking about this this week. He's not a genie in the bottle. Instead, he's a teacher. And he wants to teach you some things about him. He wants to show you who else he can be in your life. He doesn't have to stay as the savior status. He can be so much more. He can move from savior that just got you to the brink of the relationship. I accept you as Lord and savior. To father. To lover of your soul. Provider my defense, my righteousness. I know I need righteousness, honey. Yeah. So it's 12.01. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come on and come up. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow you guys some time to practice what I've preached. It's a joke. Whatever. <laughs> you guys, you can pray for one from another. If you're not normally praying out loud, you may want to try, go ahead and whisper. 
Um, I want you to go ahead and just practice some things. Just call God while he is to you and just try to pass through that hesitation, break through that, that level where you're at, just go a little bit further, just a little bit further. And if anybody needs prayer about a particular thing or if you want to respond to the message, you're more than welcome to come up. I have some pastors in the wings. Come on, Pastor Woody. <laughs> that will uh, pray for you and that's it. Right. All right. Amen. We invite you to stand and, and worship again with us as our God fights for us. Amen. I will sing and the heavens will listen. I will call. sister brought this morning it was a blessing and I pray Lord uh, that it's more than something we enjoyed I pray it's something we do something we incorporate into our lives Lord we cannot imagine how real you want to be to us help us to create space in our lives where you can enter and show yourself where you can enter and guide us touch us love us heal us Lord, so often we treat you as if you're not real, that you're just some abstract concept. You sent your spirit so that we can know God. So Lord, help us to walk in what we've learned today. Thank you, Lord, for Carmen, 
and the work she put into this and how she listened to you before she shared this. Now, now help us, Lord, to receive what you have for each of us. In Jesus' name. People say, amen. You are dismissed. So go. <laughs>